Thanks for joining us on the Music Therapy Podcast. You've tuned in to part one of Surviving Pandemic. If we sound a little fuzzy, it's because we're learning how to podcast from different places, and it's still a work in progress. I'm recording from my closet, and I'm joined by our intern, Aubrey, who is recording from her house. Don't worry, we'll get the bugs sorted out. But today, we've got a great discussion planned for you about how to stay motivated during the current COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Alyssa Morris, and I am a music therapist at the private practice Giving Song LLC in mid-Missouri. My name is Aubrey Nichols, uh, but you'll probably hear a lot of people call me Aubrey. Um, And I am Giving Song's intern at the moment, and then I'm also interning at Women's and Children's Hospital. And she is a wonderful intern at that, I can assure you. Um... So I found out about music therapy when I was, I believe, a senior in high school, and I watched the documentary Alive Inside, and um, it just kind of rocked my world, and it, I mean, the documentary wasn't about music therapy, but it pointed to music therapy research, and I was like, what, what is this? And so I did some more research on my own and kind of discovered our field, and I just thought, yes, that's what I want to do and I never looked back and so I um, graduated high school and I went to Drury University in Springfield Missouri (laughs) and then um, I completed my six months music therapy internship at Tallahassee Memorial Hospital in Tallahassee Florida where I also received my NICU music therapy certification. Aubrey how did you find out about music therapy? Um, Mine was a little bit more uh, happenstance. So I was going to school here uh, in Columbia at Moberly Area Community College and Stevens College. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. And so I had been, you know, just using the internet to research as many fields that there were. I was interested in so many things from interior design to psychology. I was exploring different therapies, um, but I just kind of took a quiz about what career I should uh, go into, and I found music therapy. And I remember it being just like a light bulb moment. I read this description of what music therapy was, and it was like it was combining my all of my favorite hobbies and interests and the things that I was pretty uh, gifted at. So uh, from there, I immediately tried to find music therapists in Missouri, and I stumbled upon Emily Harazog at Women's and Children's, and I observed her one day, and I remember just leaving so emotional. It was such a positive and beautiful experience, and it's really cool because it's a full circle experience now. I get to do my internship there. Um But from there, I finished up doing associate uh, classes here in Columbia, and then I went to Maryville University in St. Louis, and that is where I finished up my classes in the fall, 
did the senior recital and the whole whole thing. And now I'm back in Columbia doing my internship. That is so awesome, Aubrey. I love that. And I love that you got to kind of bring it full circle and come back home to us. That's so great. I know. So Aubrey, do you want to tell our listeners who maybe don't know about music therapy, kind of what it is and where you might find a music therapist? Sure, I can do my best. Um, So music therapy is just, I think it's just amazing. Obviously, it's what we want to do. It's our passion. But really, it combines, uh, it uses music as a tool to meet non-musical goals. Um, And so that can look like anything and in any type of setting, you name it, and we probably can treat those clients, whether it is Uh, Just to name a few examples of my own experience, I did a clinical at um, Walker's Children's Speech Clinic, so I can work with children who have speech delays and deficits, and we can do singing and use a lot of different therapeutic techniques to improve someone's speech goals, Um, and then we can go as far as the other end of the spectrum and work with older adults, and we can um, maintain Um, someone who maybe has Alzheimer's, if their memory is being, uh, you know, taken away from them, we can kind of help maintain that through song reflection and songwriting and maintain strength by doing different music and movement activities. So there's a lot of different people you can reach and a lot of populations that you can serve with music therapy. But wherever you go, the techniques that a therapist use are going to be very different. Yeah, that's an awesome definition. So this episode today is going to kind of focus on um, surviving pandemic, which we are all aware right now is the COVID-19 situation. Um, This pandemic has kind of taken over our lives as we know it for now, and it's kind of thrown everyone for a loop. And so um, as we jump into today's topic, we're going to specifically address kind of um, how music therapists are dealing with quarantine, um, how interns and students are dealing with it and what they can be doing to continue their growth. Um, And then we're going to do a little Q&A with um, some topics asked by some music therapy students Um, But before we jump into that, let's cut to a commercial and we'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Um, Today, we're jumping into our discussion about surviving pandemic in the COVID-19 situation at hand. Um, At this point in this saga of coronavirus, a lot of people are on lockdown at this point. Um, A lot of people are in quarantine. And um, I think most everyone at this point is practicing social distancing and just staying at home. Um, I think it's starting to kind of dawn on people that this is going to be the new normal for a little bit. And I know that um, kind of just now projections are starting to reflect that this is going to be the way it is until kind of late summer um, going into the fall semester. So this is looking to be a little bit more long-term. Um, and I think it is kind of starting to really affect people's like mental health 
and their morale. And um, I know for me personally, it's kind of been um, a mixed bag. Obviously, I miss seeing my friends um, and kind of going about my day-to-day routine. And I I miss seeing my clients. Um, Obviously, music therapists have generally been greatly affected. You know, we're not allowed into many of the settings that we normally can go into. And, um, you know, we're switching to telehealth sessions, which we'll talk a little bit more about later on. But I, I know for me, I'm trying to find the silver lining and kind of looking at this as an opportunity to catch up on projects um, at work and personally and um, kind of using this period as a season of restfulness, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and so that's also how we kind of had the opportunity to start this podcast. Um, you know, our, our practice and, and many other music therapy practices are looking at expanding their presence online. And so, you know, Aubrey and I kind of brainstormed this idea of like, hey, what if we kind of created a resource in a community for music therapists and students at this time. And, and um, so here we are, the music therapy podcast was born. Um, You know, that's kind of my end of things. Aubrey, how, you know, how has this whole pandemic kind of affected you if you want to share? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of in a mixed bag for me as well. I think especially at the beginning, I know for a lot of people, you know, selfishly, we were all kind of angry at the situation, or at least frustrated, because a lot of maybe those big trips you were planning on that you had had planned out for a long time, you'd saved up for, were canceled. I know I was really fortunate and really excited to go to the International Music Therapy Conference that Mm -hmm. was going to be in South Africa in uh, the summer. And I was devastated when I heard they canceled. And I remember it was a little bit earlier on when we still didn't have a full grasp on the COVID-19 situation and the effects it was having on everyone. So I was like, this is so, it was happening so quickly. Give it a little more time. Like, why are we jumping the gun? But obviously it was the right call. So I know that was canceled. Um, I know something else we'll talk about later today, Um, a lot of interns, whether it's music therapy or I'm sure anyone else, primarily in the medical field um, or wherever you're at in schooling, this is really affecting a lot of people, whether it was you looking forward to prom and not having prom or uh, having that graduation that you had been, you know, waiting for your whole life. That's something a lot of us are having to deal with. And I think the biggest thing is to just realize that you're not alone in this you know everyone is banding together and really that it's completely valid to feel angry and frustrated at this time yeah um but kind of like you were saying Alyssa like also making sure that you don't sit in that place for too long and that you can take this opportunity to work on projects I know a lot of people um are working on spring cleaning and just getting, you know, their house in order, finally um, getting a chance to do a creative project they've been putting off or not having the time for. Um, So I think it's good to not only have some fun projects you, uh, you know, have been waiting to do and do them now, but also, again, finding some time to rest and to sleep in and to take walks outside if, you know, you're practicing social distancing. Um, 
and taking time for yourself and also taking this time to reflect maybe uh, where you are in life and take some time to um, just be grateful because um, I think a lot of us right now, at least on my end, I do have some family members I'm concerned about, but Mm -hmm. I know that I'm safe and I am not sick and most people I know are not sick. And I also do really feel for those who are not only dealing with these issues, but the greater issues of having sick uh, family members. So I think it's really important to just be kind of grateful as well. Absolutely. I've actually seen a lot of cool um, movements on social media, and I'm sure you've seen these too of you know, different photo challenges or like gratefulness challenges where people Mm -hmm. are intentionally taking time to share things that they're grateful for. And I think that that is an excellent practice to do um, really all year round. You know, that's not just a Thanksgiving thing, um, but especially in trying times like these, I do think that, you know, for our own mental health and our own sanity and for the sake of you know, maintaining joy, I think being thankful, um, you know, is a really great thing. And there are all kinds of like thankfulness journals um, that you could find online or just even start, you know, making like a little note on your phone of today, I'm grateful for this. Um, And just write it down so that when you're not feeling as grateful, you can kind of reflect on that and, and get perspective. Because I think right now, you know, it's so easy to focus on the bad, um, but kind of stepping back and looking at this and thinking, okay, this is temporary. So what can I do right now in this moment to kind of keep moving forward, you know? Yeah. And then moving forward, like when all of this is over, you can look back and still continue either that list or you'll still have that list already. And on those days that when life goes back to normalcy and things do get crazy after being so, you know, calm and isolated for so long, that can also be something you can use to ground yourself later too. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. I love that. So let's kind of transition into um, how music therapists are dealing with quarantine and isolation and just not being able to go the places that they need to go and see the people that they need to see. Um, I know a lot of our field has moved to um, teletherapy and telehealth. And first of all, before we dive into that, I just want to say I, I love being a music therapist um, because our field is just so creative and adaptable I remember in, you know, my undergrad, that was something that my professors just really emphasized was you got to be flexible, you got to adapt. And we do that on a micro level constantly, you know, in our sessions, we're always adapting to our clients' needs. Um, But on a bigger picture, we're just cruising along, adapting to the best we can and making do with what we have. And I feel like we are just really good at that. And I'm just impressed with the ways that I've seen other music therapists adapt and get creative and just keep going. And I think that that just speaks volumes to um, kind of our our passion and our field and who we are as music therapists. And I love that. Um, but talking about teletherapy and telehealth, um, in case you're listening and you don't really know what that is, um, it's essentially just doing um, 
music therapy sessions via the internet and video chat and incorporating technology and new ways to make these sessions um, remotely interactive. So there are a lot of benefits to working this way. Um, Obviously, you know, by working virtually, we have um, flexibility on scheduling, potentially, (laughs) and, um, you know, where we can work from. So obviously working at home, um, you know, and that, at least for my practice, our practice, um, and my work, that's given me a big chance to catch up on projects, like I said, and, um, you know, creating this podcast, like we talked about. But there are definitely some cons to working virtually as well. Um, You know, even Aubrey and I trying to figure out how to do this podcast from different places, you know, I'm Mm right now, Aubrey, where are you at? (laughs) I'm in my office. I'm and that's something I'm thankful for is to have an office kind of separate because I am living at home now and so sharing a space with uh, parents who also are navigating working from home it's great to have a separate space so that there's kind of some quiet to be able to record but yeah it's been it's been interesting I was even having issues with wi-fi this morning trying to just communicate with you and set this up so yeah it's a little bit crazy and then I think too you know obviously the biggest hurdle to overcome is not being able to interact with each other or our clients in person. Um, That presents a whole new set of challenges because contrary to popular belief, um, music therapists are not like iPods. (laughs) We don't just kind of Mm -hmm. sit there and play guitar and then say, okay, you're healed by, Um, (laughs) that's not how it works. And so not being able to be hands-on with our clients and in person to react to their emotions and their body and you know the environment of a therapy session is really challenging and um, to be completely honest you know telehealth sessions are not always possible with our clients Um, I know Mm -hmm. for a lot of my clients it's it's just not possible and so that's really disheartening too um, you know but I think we're doing a really good job of still finding ways to give them resources by, you know, sending videos to them and their caretakers to sing along or play along to music, you know, or um, practicing kind of activities and interventions at home. But, um, you know, that's not the therapeutic environment that we try so hard to establish. And so I definitely think that there are there are a lot of challenges that come with, with telehealth. Um, Aubrey, is there anything that you want to say more about that? I, no, you pretty much nailed it. I, I think the biggest reason it's hard to have teletherapy be like as successful as we'd want it to be is just because that's not how music therapy, you know, was made to operate. You know, a lot of the building a therapeutic relationship is that in-person, you know, Uh, eye contact or, you know, physical assistance if a client needs that. Um, And you just don't get that through teletherapy. I know even a lot of, um, uh, you know, psychologists who might have, um, you know, or counselors who might have clients um, try not to have teletherapy sessions unless they've already established that in person. 
you know, yeah. connection and they're not, you know, we are even a little bit different than that. And we're arguably more hands on because we are giving them instruments, um, physically assisting them if they need it. Um, we are trying uh, yeah, to just really establish that physical connection as well as the emotional um, and just, I don't know, it's a very holistic experience. And so when you're taking yeah. part of that away, it's really hard to adjust as the therapist and the client. It's just a completely different, you know, space to navigate in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's kind of challenging. Um, it's not only challenging for music therapists, but it is also proving to be a challenge for music therapy students. And I really want to speak to that for a little bit because, you know, I, I still know people that are in their undergrad and um, completing their internships and they've been completely heartbroken that they've had to stop their practicum work, you know, mid semester or they're, you know, now they're not able to do their recitals and their um, graduation or they've had to stop their internship and move back home which means they have to start all over again and that is just so disheartening um you know when you're when you're finally you know getting momentum in your studies and you're trying really hard to grow and learn and do your best and so um you know I think with with all of the challenges and the heartbreak that has come with that um it's easy to lose your motivation and to feel like you're not going to be able to get do this or um you know like what really can you do from home on your own and so let's just talk about that for a little bit um do you want to do you do you want to introduce um our first question from a student at Maryville yeah definitely so this is a friend of mine who is a senior at Maryville University and she was awesome and sent in a question. And her question is, how do you stay motivated to finish out this semester? Uh, really specifically aimed towards students who don't thrive online in those class settings. Um, so I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of different ways you can go about answering this or approaching it. Mm -hmm. But I can definitely relate, first off, to an extent uh, you know, I have always strived to do well in school, but it's not always been easy for me. Um, I'm not a great test taker. You know, I just, I have to reread a lot of things before they kind of uh, cement when I'm trying to learn something. So if I'm not getting that, you know, just like in therapy, we were talking about, there's just some other benefits you get from having an in-person class experience. And when that's taken away, you don't have that in-person communication and clarification with your professors. You don't get the social interaction that you're used to with your friends and your peers. Um, and so having to work around that is gonna be really difficult. Um, so I think one thing that can really help that I've done at home already is to really designate a specific space that is just for work. Um, yes. And I know that's not always possible, but just doing the best you can, even if it's like in a, a corner of your room, like if you can set up a little spot that is not your bed. I know there have been sleep studies that have even, you know, linked to this, that you really shouldn't be doing work 
or having a ton of electronics in your bed or your bedroom. Uh, not only will that help you sleep better, but I think it'll help you stay more productive in the long run when you're trying to really uh, focus on work. You'll, you won't be probably as sleepy because if you're in bed, you're going to want to go to sleep and you're going to want to hang out. Mm -hmm. And so creating a separate workspace that can be as much as, you know, working on your kitchen table, making sure you have everything that you need for that study session right there and available. So you're not making multiple trips to another room to get things. Um, and then I think also taking uh, either frequent breaks or setting a goal of a longer break to work towards. I think it really depends yeah. on the person, which one works for you. I find that like maybe every hour or so I take just like a five or 10 minute break to um, either just get up and stretch, maybe do a couple push-ups, or um, even just getting away if you're, you know, you're uh, working on a computer, that also is going to mm -hmm. help reduce that eye strain. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, getting up and whether it's playing a song on the guitar or the piano for a few minutes, or, you know, I listen to music while I study, but if that's getting on social media for a few minutes, if it doesn't distract you, um, you know, kind of whatever you need to just have a break, even taking a few deep breaths. I know we talk about that all the time, how important it is Definitely. to do deep breathing. So if that means taking a few deep breaths and centering yourself and then coming back to work, um, just really take this quarantine time to do some trial and error, figure out what works best for you. Yeah, I love that. I um especially now, you know, the whole deep breathing thing is like huge and mm -hmm. there's all kinds of like research on that and um you know, just the effects that it has on your body are just so beneficial and nowadays if you have I mean there are apps for deep breathing. If you have an Apple Watch, there's that little app that comes on your Apple Watch that will guide you through intentional breathing. So like, you know, and you can set that for, I think, anywhere from like one to however many minutes and just start small. Um, one thing that I do too, and if I'm really having a hard time focusing, because I'm one of those people that every time I get a notification on my phone or my watch, I have to look at it which is like not mm -hmm. conducive to a productive brain. And so there have been times where I will, um, you know, set a timer, ideally one that's not on my phone, if that's a kitchen timer on your microwave um, or, you know, on your watch. And I will turn my phone onto uh, do not disturb and I'll put it somewhere physically away from me. And for, I commit for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to work on whatever I'm working on and I will not look away. And then once the timer goes off and I have to get up to go turn it off, then I can check my phone for two minutes. And then I set another timer and go back to work. You know, I, I tend to work better with little short sprints like that, I think. Um, but the other thing that I really love, which you already touched on, is um, using music. I definitely have my go-to playlists for studying. And they're usually like, the coffee house noise mm -hmm. playlist or like um there's like a lush and ambient playlist on spotify that i love and it's just very it's ambient music it's not singing uh, or maybe it is i can't remember i have so many but and i can link a couple of my faves um on our website too when we post this episode so that all of you at home can check them out and see if you like them for yourself 
Um, but Spotify has all kinds of mood playlists that are really good for that. And um, there is also research on increased productivity with um, certain um, ambient and background and white noise. Um, so definitely check into that if that's not something that you, you know, have really thought about applying in an intentional way. Um, but yeah, the other thing that I like to do, because I, I'm going to be honest, I hate online classes. I'm not someone who does well with online work. Mm -hmm. I really, I love to be very like hands-on and interactive in a classroom setting. I, I really enjoy asking questions and interacting with my peers and professors. And so it's very challenging for me to have to do it all on my computer, um, so one thing that I found that I had to do was create my own routine with the class. Um, and so, you know, if if class time or assignments were due on Tuesday, then, you know, Wednesday, I would maybe give myself a break. Thursday, I would say, okay, I'm going to work on assignment number one and do half of my reading. And then Friday, I'd finish up the reading and do whatever else I had to do. You know, Monday... If there was anything left over, I would do it Monday and then it would be done or I would get it all done Friday, Monday, another break, Tuesday, class time, you know? So just like kind of getting in a routine because most classes, I think online tend to have a rhythm of when assignments are due every week because they're, they're pre like uploaded usually. So they're not necessarily changing a whole lot. Sometimes they are, but um so kind of finding your own rhythm within that and then writing it on your calendar so that you commit to that and stick to it um, so that you're not getting behind, I think is really, really important so that you're just kind of, you know what you're working towards it and don't procrastinate. <laughs> Do not procrastinate. I know it's so easy to just, you know, not look at your computer and not look at your email with your next assignment. But um, I think you will lose motivation a lot faster if you're not um, you know, committing to staying on top of what you have to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the hardest part is I think when you are in quarantine, it's so easy to kind of just let the days go by and sleep in and, yeah. you know, kind of get relaxed and don't get me wrong. I think this is a good time to, you know, take some, you know, an afternoon or whatever you need to regenerate and just relax. Definitely. But yeah, making sure that you are sticking to a schedule that works for you and that will set you up for success. So also yeah. just, I don't know, for me, it's really hard. I know a lot of people, maybe they used to go to the gym and they can't go to the gym anymore. So maybe mm -hmm. take some time to find online workouts. There are so many on YouTube that are awesome. Oh, yeah. And that will also just keep us all healthy during this time. Um, so whether it's workouts yeah. or yeah, that hobby that you want to do, that can be a short break. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Just making sure you keep a schedule that works for you. It doesn't have to look like everyone else's just something that will no, yeah. Yeah, help you be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's all about finding your rhythm and sticking to it. Um, you know, and just kind of thinking about it as if your online classes were your normal classes. And if you already had a routine going, you know, before you had to move out of your dorm or um, were disrupted, then maybe try to stick to what it was. And then the downtime between classes is your rest mm -hmm. time, you know, and I don't know, maybe just kind of trying to 
get back in that same headspace. Um, but now you don't have to calculate time to walk to class. <laughs> yes, very true. So you can use that for something fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's just so many ways to be creative, but it, it definitely is hard. And so, um, you know, another thing too, a lot of universities are still offering um, counseling over the phone or online. Mm-hmm. And so if you find yourself really struggling with being isolated, being um, maybe living at home, if that's not something that you love for whatever reason, I know that can be really hard to be transplanted back into your house when you've been away at college and you're enjoying kind of your life and routine and then that's taken away. Um, You know, making a point of setting up an appointment with your school counselors because, you know, they, they get it. Um, All school employees, you know, your university professors and um, staff members are struggling with it too. Um, And then also just making time to get together with your friends. There are all kinds of ways this day and age to connect with mass numbers of people, whether that's setting up a Zoom call or a Google Meet call or a Snap call, house party. Um, there's also all kind online, um, all kinds of online games that you can do with a bunch. We of just people. found out that there's a Cards Against Humanity online version of that game, and I think everyone <laughs> should stop this podcast when it's over and go play it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. See, I didn't know about that. Thank you for sharing that because now I know what I'm going to send to my friends. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm so stoked. Yeah, so there's, that's awesome. Yeah, setting up like weekly or bi-monthly or whatever, like game nights. I mean, or just Netflixing. I think by now, most of us have probably heard about the um, the Chrome browser add-on for yeah, Netflix, Netflix so party, can, mm-hmm. like screen share. Yeah, that's so cool. I haven't tried to do that yet, but I love that idea. Um, Yeah, there's just so many ways. Um, And I know for me too, like when I get in bleh moods, I don't always feel like, you know, I'm like all gung-ho about, oh, I'm going to set up a FaceTime call with my friend. And then when it comes time to call them, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this right now. But every time I make myself like follow through on that commitment, I... I'm so rejuvenated and like filled up and glad that I did it. So just kind of thinking, you know, beyond the unmotivated moments, um, you know, again, all about perspective, I think with this. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So Aubrey, do you have any final comments before we kind of talk about what our next episode is going to be? I don't know. I think, yeah, just kind of reiterating some of the things we've already talked about. So just, I think, stay as connected as you can with people, even like what Alyssa said, if you have moments of feeling that or not motivated, just pushing yourself when it feels appropriate and then take those moments for yourself when it doesn't. Um, And just making sure that you're really taking this time and you know, using it to the best of your ability. So yeah, whether it's pursuing something you haven't been able to for a while or, um, you know, being creative in any way that it's possible, you know, as, you know, a music therapy intern, I find that a lot of the time I'm constantly trying to learn music for repertoire. So for a certain population. So right now I'm learning a lot of 
you know, children's songs, which is great and it's fun. But at the same time, when I'm done, it almost feels like a chore. And so for those music therapy interns out there or music therapists, I'm sure kind of take this time to navigate your relationship with music and whether it's taking time to uh, record something and mess around on GarageBand and make a beat or something, or if it's picking up an instrument that you've been wanting to learn for a while. I know I've really been able to work on learning the ukulele and I'm so happy I've had the time to do that because that's not only going to be enjoyable for me, but it's going to be another tool that I have uh, to use with clients. So taking this time not to necessarily go full throttle and do everything and just do all the things that you think you need to do, but do some of those things that you really just want to do. Yeah, I think, um, you know, everything we've kind of talked about could almost be summed up by saying like, find your rhythm. <laughs> Pun intended. I love it. <laughs> um, but truly like <laughs> setting, setting reasonable goals for you that work for you and help you work. Yes. Um, finding whatever that rhythm is. And, you know, as in the music therapy world and in other mental health fields, you hear, and we talk about smart goals, you know, goals that are like reasonable and measurable and attainable and and apply those concepts that you talk about with your patients and your clients mm-hmm. to yourself um, make smart goals for yourself that are reasonable that you can accomplish in um, a set amount of time and um, you know go from there and they don't have to be big crazy goals um, you know make sure that they are a, you're able to accomplish them because if you say, I'm going to memorize 50 jazz songs by the end of the month, you are probably going to be really mm-hmm. bummed out <laughs> on jazz songs and memorizing and practicing, and then you're just going to hate it. Um, we don't want to do that. You know, if you say, um, okay, by the end of the week, I want to memorize two jazz songs. Awesome. That's doable. And you're probably not going to hate them by the time mm-hmm. you're done with them. Um, so don't overdo it. Don't overextend yourself because then you're setting yourself up to fail. So set smart goals and find your rhythm. And I think we'll be able to um, get through this and be better. Yes, for definitely. It, ultimately. Yeah. All right, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Stick around after the commercial for our sneak peek of what our next episode is going to be. Um, And we're going to tell you how you can interact with us and get your questions and thoughts on the air. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to part one of Surviving Pandemic. Join us next week for part two, using music to cope with being quarantined. And we want to encourage you guys to send in any of your questions that you have for us. This is a community and we want to hear what you have to say. So you can email us at intern at givingsong.org or you can DM us on Instagram or Facebook. Just look up Giving Song LLC or at Giving Song and you'll find us. 
And please don't forget to leave a review and like and share this podcast or get it five stars on whatever platform you're listening.